0: This is VOA News. I'm Tommy McNeil. The U.S. is calling for a temporary ceasefire in the Israel-Gaza war and opposes a major Israel ground offensive in southern Gaza. Reuters correspondent Olivia Zelino explains.
1: The United States has proposed an alternative draft United Nations Security Council resolution, according to the text seen by Reuters on Monday. It calls for a temporary ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war and opposes a major Israeli ground offensive in Rafah in southern Gaza. Washington has been averse to the word ceasefire in any U.N. action on the Israel-Hamas war. Israel plans to storm Rafah, where more than one million Palestinians are sheltering, prompting international concern. The U.S. put forward the text after Algeria requested the council vote Tuesday on its draft resolution.
0: That is Reuters correspondent Olivia Zelina reporting. Russia's claimed it has captured the Ukrainian city of Evdivka. AP correspondent Karen Chalmers. The
1: Russian military has said it has crushed the last pocket of resistance at the eastern Ukraine city's huge coke plant. It said the sheer weight of its troop numbers and greater firepower drove out Kyiv's forces. Footage from Russian state broadcaster RTR showed Russian tanks moving through the destroyed city. A Russian commander known as Hermes responded to a reporter asking if the city was under Russian control.
2: Yes, the
1: city is 100% ours. The victory was a morale boost for Russia, days ahead of the two-year anniversary of its full-scale invasion of its neighbor. For Ukraine, the loss highlighted its dependence on Western weapons, as hold-ups have left it short of provisions and handicapped in the fight. I'm Karen Shamas.
0: The widow of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has vowed to continue his fight against the Kremlin. Meanwhile, authorities denied his mother access to a morgue where his body is believed to be held after his death last week in an Arctic penal colony. This is VOA News. Residents in Democratic Republic of Congo's city of Goma are depending on scanned food supplies as a conflict in the country's east between the army and rebels has cut off supply routes. Reuters correspondent David David Doyle reports
3: clashes in towns and villages around the provincial capital have escalated since the start of the year as the m23 rebel group has seized territory thousands have sought refuge in goma around 135,000 have fled the town of sake in the past week according to the united nations refugee agency they join hundreds of thousands displaced around goma since 2022 due to the ongoing fighting. The UN agency has warned that the conflict, including indiscriminate bombing, risks exacerbating the strain on already limited resources to cater for the influx.
0: Reuters, David Doyle. AP correspondent Jackie Quinn reports on the federal government increasing its investment in U.S. computer chip production.
4: The Biden administration says it's investing over a billion dollars to help a computer chip company, Global Foundries, expand its production facilities in New York and Vermont. Last year, President Biden vowed to expand domestic production of computer chips to avoid the shortages that developed during the pandemic. We can never let that happen again. The money comes from a bill passed in 2022 that allows the government to invest billions in chip-making manufacturers, which helps supply smartphones, military equipment, and electric vehicles. We're going
3: to make sure the supply chain for America begins in America.
4: The projects in Malta, New York, and Burlington, Vermont, are expected to create 1,500 manufacturing jobs, along with 9,000 construction jobs over the next decade. I'm Jackie Quinn.
0: Astronomers have discovered what may be the brightest object in the universe. The record breaking quasar has a black hole at its heart that's so big and growing so fast that it swallows the equivalent of a sun a day. This distant quasar shines 500 trillion times brighter than our sun, and its black hole is more than 17 billion times more immense than our sun. An Australian-led team reported the findings on Monday in the journal Nature Astronomy. The scientists say that the object has been misclassified as a star decades ago and therefore has been hiding in plain sight. Recapping our top story now, the U.S. is calling for a temporary ceasefire in the Israel-Gaza War and opposes a major Israel ground offensive in southern Gaza. I'm Tommy McNeil, VA News.
5: Vows to continue his work.
1: Julia Navalna has said she will continue to fight for a free Russia and called upon opposition supporters to battle President Vladimir Putin with greater fury than ever. United
5: Nations inspectors get inside Gaza's Nasser Hospital and what they found they say was staggering. We were shocked what we actually saw in, in uh, an medical complex. Uh, there's waste everywhere. Electricity uh, was... Uh, uh, was not working and giving polar bears cameras we use gps enabled video camera collars on each bear today is tuesday february 20th and this is BoA's international edition i'm scott walterman Another candlelight vigil was held, this one in Rome, in tribute to Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Demonstrators brought flowers and candles and applauded his memory during an evening vigil.
1: I'm so sad. I don't know what to say. I mean, that was the hope on our future, and
3: now I feel that our hope is dead. So I'm in, in panic now. I don't know what to do and I don't want to go to Russia back.
5: His widow, Yulia Navalny, has vowed to continue his fight against Russian President Vladimir Putin. Here's Reuters correspondent Rachel Judah.
1: Yulia Navalny has said she will continue to fight for a free Russia and called upon opposition supporters to battle President Vladimir Putin with greater fury than ever. Navalny's widow directly blamed the Russian president for her husband's death, saying he had killed him and robbed their children of a father. Her message was posted on Alexei Navalny's YouTube channel in a nine-minute video titled I will continue the work of Alexei Navalny. It is unclear in what capacity Navalny will do so. On Monday, Navalny attended a meeting of European Union foreign ministers in Brussels. While EU leaders were meeting to discuss a package of fresh penalties to mark two years of Russia's war on Ukraine, countries, including Germany, called for new sanctions on Moscow over Navalny's death. Here's the EU's foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell.
6: Yes, member state will propose sanctions, for sure, against the responsible. Well, the, the, the great responsible is uh, Putin himself. But we can go down to the institutional structure of the penitentiary system in Russia. But don't forget who is the real responsible for the Navalny's death.
1: Authorities said the 47-year-old opposition leader died suddenly in an Arctic prison on Friday after allegedly falling unconscious on a walk. Navalny was serving a three-decade sentence. The whereabouts of his body are still unknown, but citing an investigator, an ally of Navalny, Ivan Zdanov, said on Monday tests on his body would take 14 days to complete. Not far from the penal colony where Navalny was being kept, his mother was seen visiting the local investigative committee office on Monday, where she is attempting to arrange for her son's body to be handed over. The West and Navalny's supporters say Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. The Kremlin has denied involvement and said the Western claims that Putin is responsible are unacceptable. Putin has made no public comment on Navalny's death, but it has further deepened a gaping schism in relations between Moscow and the West. Floral tributes have been laid for Navalny outside Russian embassies, like these in London, and in Russian cities at makeshift memorials, like this one in St. Petersburg. Local authorities have been sending people to remove flowers, but people continue to bring more. Navalny's death robs Russia's disparate opposition of its most charismatic and courageous leader as Putin prepares for a March election that will keep him in power until at least 2030.
5: Reuters correspondent Rachel Judah. Uh, Navalny met with EU foreign ministers in Brussels where she'd been invited after the death of her husband, so... What can we expect from her and this pledge to continue his work? Joining us now to talk about this is Alexei Gorbachev with VOA's Russian service. Tell me about her, about her, who she is, her life, what we know about her so far.
6: Uh, She's Navalny's wife. Uh, She wasn't... uh super popular in russia like as a politician but she was very well known i think uh, for the last 10 years uh we don't know much about her political agenda but in her statement today she said that she will continue her husband's crusade against the russian regime she said that navalny sacrificed his life because he really wanted to be a free uh, uh, peaceful and democratic russia and that she will continue this crusade, uh, building this, uh, how how she described it, and how Navalny described it, a beautiful Russia of the future. Uh, And she said that she wants Russian people to join her in this crusade.
5: You can see it in when people talk at these um, candlelight vigils and the and the events that are are being held to commemorate his life you can see the emotion in um, the people when they talk about him uh, i presume that that will be easily transferable to her because of the connection um, that they had and i assume she was with him a lot of the times that he was campaigning
6: i think so i think i think you're right scott and first they look a little bit alike uh she is charismatic it looks like she had a strong personality and that's what people liked about uh navalny and also yeah precisely and even though she wasn't like we didn't hear we didn't hear much of her political statements. It was obvious that she was uh, his allies, that she was behind his back, that she was always near, near him, and that she shared uh, his beliefs about the building of free, democratic uh, Russia.
5: Now, obviously, we don't know precisely what she means when she says she'll carry on his work, but We can speculate a little bit. Today, she was at the EU meeting with uh, ministers. Um, Obviously, she can't go back to Russia and and continue his work. That doesn't end well. But what do you think
6: she means? What what can she do? So it's interesting because... I've read some media reports suggesting that uh, she could be effective on the international stage. Indeed, she already met some high-ranking European officials. I'm sure she will uh, meet some, I think she will meet some American high-ranking officials in the near future too. Well, it's not uncommon for um, opposition
5: governments or opposition parties to operate outside the country. I was thinking of uh, Belarus, for example.
6: That's true, that's true. So she might, uh, it's it's actually a great example, and I was thinking about Tikhanovskaya. She may try to establish uh, some kind of uh, government in exile, as Tikhanovskaya did. Uh, she also is more uh, getting back to how we started our conversation she's very different from Tikhanovskaya because no one knew Tikhanovskaya before her husband was uh, in jail versus uh, in Navalny's case everyone knew Navalny Every uh, she's well known in Russia and uh, she's even like well known in America because she um held, uh, held a speech during the Oscars ceremony, uh, so she's relatively well known in Russia and overseas. So she might attempt to unify the Russian opposition, uh, because Navalny was the most well known critic of Putin in Russia, and na- naturally, people are uh, people who are familiar with navalny they are familiar with her as well uh also as i said in the beginning she comes across as a strong and charismatic indiv- individual and another thing which is important and also which is different from Tikhonovskaya, so Tikhonovskaya, she didn't have any team and uh, navalny and his anti-corruption foundation they have uh, the team, which is extensive, comprising investigators, lawyers, journalists. They have media production team. So when she declares her intention, when uh, Juliana Valna intends her declare uh, declares her intention to continue his crusade, I think she is indeed serious. And just uh, before our interview, I checked the video that she posted today, and it garnered almost five million views. So it's impressive,
5: Alexei- Shop with VOA's Russian service. Thank you so
6: much. Thanks for having me, Scott.
5: Russia sold Turkey S-400 missiles, and with Turkey-U.S. relations improving, Washington offered to allow Ankara to buy its advanced F-35 military jets if it removes the missiles. But as we hear now from Dorian Jones, the missiles remain a potent symbol of deepening
3: turkish-russian ties turkey's purchase of the united states advanced f-35 military jet could be back on the agenda Ankara was kicked out of the jet program after it purchased russian s-400 anti-aircraft missiles which washington said compromised the f-35's stealth technology but during a visit to Istanbul last month, acting U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Nuland offered to revive the jet sale if the Russian missiles were removed to a third country. Turkish Foreign Minister Hakan Fidan indicated Ankara could be open to a deal. Ona Ischi is a Russian affairs expert at Istanbul's Kadahas University. After the purchase of the anti-aircraft missiles, which was unprecedented, and I think that Some people in Erdogan's cabinet also admit that this was a big mistake. Turkey's purchase of the S-400s was a very costly endeavor. Turkey's purchase of the S-400 missiles, observers say, is a powerful symbol of its deepening ties with Russia and deteriorating relations with Washington. The deal was signed during a time of distrust as Ankara accused Washington of involvement in the 2016 failed coup attempt, a charge denied by the U.S., Turkey's ties with the U.S. have been improving with Ankara's ratification of Sweden's NATO membership and Washington reciprocating by allowing the sale of F-16 jets to Turkey. But the F-16 is inferior to the F-35, which neighbour and rival Greece is set to purchase as part of its military modernisation. Solio Zell teaches international relations at Istanbul's Kada Has University.
2: When you read Turkey's Hawks, there everybody is afraid that the Air Force balance over the Aegean is not tilting or is going to be tilting in favor of Greece.
3: Analysts, however, say that whether Ankara takes up Washington's offer of F-35 jets in exchange for removing the Russian-made missiles possibly to a Turkish ally like Azerbaijan or Qatar or even Libya, depends on the progress of improving relations with the United States. Hussein Baja is the head of the Foreign Policy Institute, a research organization in Ankara. Turkey can easily renounce on S-400. It is a political
2: decision. It is not military uh, necessity. It is a political decision and uh, Uh, political compromise. So far, as 400 helped Turkey to increase the level of negotiations with NATO and the United
3: States of America. Ankara's purchase of Russian missiles was widely seen as a diplomatic triumph for Moscow, dividing Turkey from its NATO allies. The missiles' removal, analysts say, would be a similarly significant victory for Washington. Dorian Jones, VOA News. Still no funding from the United States for Ukraine's war
5: against Russia, but Reuters correspondent Freddie Joyner says U.S. President Joe Biden now says he's willing to meet with House of Representatives Speaker Mike Johnson to talk about that.
0: Speaking to reporters as he returned to the White House from a weekend in Delaware... Biden added that Republicans are making a big mistake by opposing aid to Ukraine for use in its war to repel Russian invaders.
7: The bill, as amended, passes.
0: Earlier this month, the U.S. Senate passed a $95 billion aid package in a bipartisan vote. It includes funds for Ukraine. But Johnson so far has declined even to bring it up for a vote on the floor of the House, which
5: Republicans control by a narrow margin. Reuters correspondent Freddie Joyner. other stories from around the world, the United Nations Secretary General will begin consultations on the appointment of a U.S. envoy to coordinate engagement between Afghanistan's Taliban government and the international community. We want a Afghanistan in peace,
0: peace with itself and peace with its neighbors. ...able to assume uh, the commitments and international obligations of a sovereign state.
5: UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres, a judge investigating the July 2021 assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moïse, issued a final report Monday that indicts his widow, Martine Moïse, ex-Prime Minister Claude Joseph, and former Chief of Haiti's National Police, Léon Charles, among others. Charles, who now serves as Haiti's permanent representative to the Organization of American States, faces the most serious charges, murder and attempted murder. Martine Moise and Joseph are accused of complicity. Indian farmers unions have rejected five-year contracts for minimum support prices proposed by the Indian government. The Indian government has offered guaranteed support prices in a bid to break a deadlock with protesting farmers. <laughs> been protests in Israel against the government and for the return of hostages held by Hamas since soon after October 7th. They have been mostly peaceful. That changed Monday as protesters in Jerusalem scuffled with police while calling for the hostages' return. Also on Monday, United Nations doctors were allowed inside Gaza's Nasser Hospital days after Israeli troops raided it. Dr. Richard Papercorn says what they saw was stunning. We were shocked what we actually saw in, in, uh, in National Medical Complex. Uh, there's waste everywhere. Electricity uh, was, uh, was not, warding, not working. Parts of the hospital are damaged and some severely damaged. Uh, the central drugstore, which was a drugstore, actually part of National Medical Complex, which delivered drugs and medical supplies to the whole of of Guy's uh, destroyed. destroyed, unfortunately, with a lot of uh, the supplies as well from WHO and, and partners. Doctors are walking with torches through the darkened corridors of the emergency department of the Nasser Hospital to transfer patients in critical condition. Hamas is a U.S.-designated terrorist group. VOA's <laughs> International Edition continues. I'm Scott Walterman. One of the biggest drivers of the world's plastic pollution problem is packaging, according to the United Nations. It says more than a third of all plastic produced is used for packaging. I just ate a salad that came in a plastic container. To address the challenge, a Kenyan company is making toxic chemical-free, compostable Food packaging products from agricultural waste. Juma Majanga reports from Tika, Kenya. In central Kenya, Anita Shah is supervising the manufacture of biodegradable food
2: packaging containers. Shah says she was frustrated by the amount of packaging plastic she saw whenever she went shopping in supermarkets. In 2011, the development economist left her two decade long international career and returned home to set up. Greenstain Products, a company that manufactures toxic chemical free compostable packaging products from agricultural waste.
5: Essentially, we want to do is eliminate plastic from the food system
7: where possible so that the question of production of plastics and the fossil fuels used in the production of plastics and the CO2 emissions that
5: result from the manufacturing process of plastic and the burning of it and disposal in landfill is eliminated.
2: The company currently uses sugarcane waste, called bagasse, as raw material, but says other plant byproducts can be used as well. The result is a range of biodegradable packaging containers. According to the United Nations, the world produces roughly 430 million tons of plastic every year, but less than 9% of these is recycled. Green stem products are slightly more expensive than plastic alternatives, but half the cost of imported versions, Shah says.
5: Really, we're about uh, planet, people, and profit, so self-sufficiency. Uh, but ultimately, our goal is to conserve conserve the planet. Juma News, Kenya. And finally, putting GoPros on polar bears okay so they're not really go go pros but they are cameras on collars it's a study published in the journal nature communications
8: we ended up monitoring 20 polar bears on land in Wapus national park Um, we used gps enabled video camera collars on each bear we simultaneously measured their energy expenditure and measured their changes in, in body weight that's lead
5: author anthony pagano a research wildlife biologist with the U.S. Geological Survey Polar Bear Research Program. The study shows that polar bears face an increased risk of starvation as a result of spending more time on land during extended ice-free seasons.
8: The duration that polar bears are on land has increased about three weeks. So in the 1980s, polar bears were on land for about three weeks shorter than they are presently. And the modeling work that's been done indicates that those bears in this region are going to be on land for extending periods of time with future climate warming, um, with that duration increasing by about 5 to 10 days
5: per decade. The research says the polar bear population in the study area has declined by an estimated 30% since 1987. Findings indicate that polar bears across the Arctic are at risk of starvation as the ice-free period continues to grow. This has been International Edition of The Voice of America. On behalf of everyone here at VOA, thank you so much for listening. For pictures, stories, videos, and more, follow VOA News on your favorite social media platform and online at voanews.com. In Washington, I'm Scott Walterman.
8: Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government. Throughout the world and despite international condemnation, conflict-related sexual violence is used widely as a tactic of war and terrorism. Indeed, there is ample evidence to back up a harsh, harsh reality. That sexual violence continues to be used as a weapon of war, said Linda Thomas-Greenfield, U.S. Representative to the U.N.
7: Women's bodies are being used as a weapon of war, used to terrorize, to destabilize, and to break communities down. It is used to silence people, to make them think that they are alone, that their lives are not worth living.
8: We owe it to the courageous survivors who have come forward, to the victims who have been silenced by fear and shame, and to those who have been killed before they could even tell their stories to take on this epidemic of sexual violence, said Ambassador Thomas Greenfield. There are three core tasks before the international community. The first is holding perpetrators accountable, and I'm proud that the United States has taken action to that end.
7: We're naming and calling out as specially designated global terrorists, ISIS leaders who have committed sexual violence against Yazidi women and girls. Sanctioning Haitian gang leaders for human rights abuses, including sexual violence. And nominating perpetrators of sexual violence to the UNDRC Sanctions Committee. Doing so deters others from enacting this kind of violence. It strengthens the rule of law. It makes reconciliation more likely. In other words, it is, for so many reasons, the right thing to
8: do. Second is defending and empowering survivors through a survivor-centered approach. That means listening to survivors, responding to their unique needs, and providing the medical care, psychosocial support, and legal resources that they need, said Ambassador Thomas Greenfield.
7: Finally, we must recognize that gender-based violence is fundamentally rooted in gender inequality. If we want to tackle the problem of sexual violence, we need to understand the underlying societal norms and systemic inequities that, when combined with weak or absent state institutions, lead to that violence.
8: In the long term, the best defense is an equitable, just society where the human rights of all are respected, where women and girls can access educational opportunities, and where everyone can enjoy equal justice under the law, said Ambassador Thomas Greenfield. For the millions and millions of women whose stories aren't being told, let us hold perpetrators accountable, and let us really center survivors in our work.
3: That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United